Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. the colors podcast i'm your host steven Igo. we are 24 hours away as i record this from the start of the greenville regional probably less than that if you're listening to this i'm going to try and get this podcast out as quickly as possible so you guys can take in this preview before the pirates throw the first pitch and we just found out it'll be josh Groves, the right-hander will be getting the start for east carolina we were just out at ECU baseball practice, again, the teams only get about an hour and 15 minutes the day before the regional opener to practice, and the Pirates actually got their practice done in an hour and were on and off the field quickly. So a lot of energy, a lot of good swings in the batting cages. Zach Agnos, Bryson Worrell, uh, were, in particular, were knocking the cover off the ball, um, but several guys were locked in. And a lot of good energy. You know, it was hot. It was sweltering. And it was a, it's going to be a hot weekend. And ECU playing at one o'clock, probably good that they got some time in the sun. And then, of course, coming off the Clearwater tournament, that the conference tournament, probably going to get used to. Um, I don't know if you ever get used to the heat, but at least you're somewhat accustomed to it. And so I think that'll play a role as the Pirates go into tomorrow's game. Again, one o'clock first pitch, ESPN Plus, and then the nightcap, Coastal Carolina and Virginia will follow with the nightcap. Shortly, I will be joined by Ronnie Woodward. If you follow ECU baseball, you probably know Ronnie Woodward's name as he was a longtime writer of the Daily Reflector. Now, out of the sports business, but still working for, uh, still working at in Greenville for East Carolina University. We'll catch up with Ronnie. We'll get his take on the team. We'll also make some Greenville regional predictions. Of course, he was covering the team last year when they topped charlotte and maryland for the greenville regional title and then we went to vanderbilt covered that super regional before the pirates ultimately fell to kumar rocker and and jack Leiter in in nashville so we'll see if ronnie's got the pirates advancing past regional weekend we'll see if i got the pirates advancing past regional weekend again josh grows getting the start for ecu and i made the case kind of earlier this week after cliff goblin i thought kind of hinted that grows would be the guy you know i asked about pitching going into the regional and he didn't come out and say Josh Groves would start but he just touched on Groves's recent appearances and if you look yeah his, his raw numbers on the surface aren't outstanding because he's given up a ton of runs at least early in the season but his last four or five outings have been some of his best work since giving up four runs in the start at NC State on April 26th with his which is ironically ECU's last loss of the season Pirates went the whole month of May, 18 games in a row without losing. Groves has had six strong outings. He pitched at Memphis through an inning with a strikeout, did not allow a hit, did not allow a hit. Came back against South Florida, pitched an inning, again, did not allow a hit out of the bullpen, pitched against Campbell and through an inning, ended up giving up a run, but if I remember correctly, um, you know, was not it's not like he gave up a lot of hard contact, and I think that was an inherited runner that came around to score. Then he got this, the ball in a start versus Houston through four and a third. Again, probably pitched better than his line indicated. Three hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, no walks. But again, pitched into the fifth inning, which was one of his longest starts of the year. Came back against Cincinnati in the conference tournament. Really good lineup. Four innings, four hits, two runs given up, three strikeouts, or seven strikeouts, three walks. So you want to see that walk number get a little, little lower, but... For the most part, this season has had great command. And then against Houston, 
Pitched really well out of the bullpen in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Again, took a shutout into the seventh inning on the back of C.J. Mayhew. Three and two-thirds, three hits, one run. Again, was an inherited runner that came across the score. Three strikeouts, zero walks. So over his last three starts, he's worked 12 innings. He's given up just 10 hits. He's been charged with five runs. Again, three or four of those are inherited runners scoring. And then he's had 13 punch-outs to three walks. For the season... 54 strikeouts and 52 innings with 16 walks. So that is a great number for Josh Groves. The main thing in this matchup is I think if if he just throws strikes and has his good stuff, I think it'll be a tough day for Coppin State. Now, Coppin State, tough to strike out. They don't walk a ton. They also don't hit for a lot of power. Groves has allowed a team-high 12 home runs on the season, but Coppin State's only hit 28 home runs as a team. So they're a team that more or less likes to move the baseball, get on the base pass, and they're tough to strike out. I think Groves, when he pitches to contact and he's got movement on his fastball, which he's had the last few outings, he can get a number of quick innings, get some, um, you know, as long as he's throwing strikes, throwing a slider for strikes, he can go through some quick innings, get pitched to contact, as well as put guys away with two strikes with that slider. So, you know, I think it's a good call. I mean, I, again, there's no bona fide ace on this staff. I guess if you wanted to say your best starting pitcher at this point, probably C.J. Mayhew. But if Groves goes out there and he executes, he's one of the more talented arms on the staff. You know, he's up to 93, 94, consistently 90, 91 with movement and the slider and a changeup as well. So uh, we'll see what Josh Groves can do tomorrow against Coppin State. At this time, no starter has been announced by the Eagles, and so we'll continue to monitor that situation. We'll have that up for you on Hoist the Colors when we hear that. All right, so we were out at the practice fields earlier, called up with a number of the players as well as head coach Cliff Godwin. Let's hear first. We'll go in the order that we talk to these guys. We'll start with shortstop Zach Agnos. He's had a red-hot finish to the year, now hitting around 320. Had his long on-base streak snap, but has started a new one. I think he's now up to six or seven games, and he's really been setting the table at the top of the order. So here's our conversation with Zach Agnos just ahead of the Greenville Regional. What's practice today getting ready for this regional? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, we only get an hour and 15 minutes on the field, but we got after it and uh, got prepared for tomorrow. It was really good practice. What kind of scouting report do you have on Coppin State? Not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, we know they got a couple good players. They uh, steal a lot of bags and uh, one thing is they're, they're going to give us their best punch, so we're going to go into the game uh, throwing ours too. It's about playing you guys' this game at this point, not getting away from that. Yeah, for game. sure. Yeah, I mean, we, he, Coach Godwin just said it right there. We just got to play the same thing we've been doing for the past second half of the year after, after we lost to Cincinnati. Um, you know, we just got to have fun, enjoy being with one another, and uh, play for each other. What's been the biggest difference with this team the, the first half of the season, really, versus this last yeah. stretch of the season? I mean, pretty much just having fun. Um, we, we had a beating as players in the dugout, or in the locker room, excuse me, and really just told each other to just enjoy the game. Enjoy being with one another, especially for Cooch Maynard, Ben Newton, Nick Logish, and Bryson. This is going to be their last ride. Um, we really just want to do it for them. We want to do it for the coaches and all the fans that have supported us nonstop. I know you guys probably don't read it, but some of the things have said Virginia would be the favorite in this region. That kind of gets you to crawl a little bit, doesn't it? We're not too worried about it. Uh, yeah, that will light a fire on our butt, but in a good way. Um, like we said, we don't. I, I don't even know that, honestly. I don't think anybody else has because I'm sure I would have heard someone talking about it. But, you know, we're not too worried. All we got to do is come in, handle business, play the same game we've been playing. That is shortstop Zach Agnos, and then we caught up with Bryson Worrell, the fifth-year senior outfitter. And I really wanted to ask Worrell, you know, last year at this time, he had just essentially separated or sprained an AC joint in his shoulder, did something to where he could not lift his arm above his his head. And he somehow played through the postseason and had a clutch hit against Charlotte despite being – uh, despite not even taking batting practice for the majority of the postseason. So I wanted to ask Bryson about how much better he feels going into this postseason. Of course, he's been red hot, left-handed, right-handed, doesn't really matter. He's been crushing the baseball, been playing a great center field, and he will be one of the more experienced leaders going into the the weekend. So we caught up with Bryson ahead of the Greenville Regional. How about practice today? Everybody's pretty loose, weren't they? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, early in the morning the guys got after it this morning it's a little warm um yeah we bounced around we got an hour and 15 minutes from the ncaa so i think we finished about about one hour with what we had written down so it was a nice efficient practice zach was just saying he doesn't know a lot about coppin state and it's more about pirate baseball right now isn't it? yeah i mean i think i think it's been that um, pretty much the whole year um we've gone out there haven't really worried about our opponent too much um just go out there and play our brand of baseball and it's been working out for us how do you expect the atmosphere to be here coming uh, starting tomorrow uh, i think you know the answer 
<laughs> no, I'm sure, we might be, not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. Um, I mean, every home game is an awesome, but when we um, when we have a regional here, the atmosphere is just insane. Um, you've seen that the past two regionals we had. Have you had time to look at the other teams? I mean, there's three potential teams you can play this week. Obviously, you don't know who you're going to see and who you're not going to see. Um, honestly, I haven't looked at them at all. Um, we don't even know who's pitching for for Coppin State tomorrow. So um, we're just going to take it, um, take one day at a time. When we get tomorrow, we'll worry about Coppin State tomorrow. Bryson, when you guys first found out you were hosting a regional here, top eight seed, just how relieving was that for you guys? I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was awesome. I think I said it the other day. We re- really didn't notice when it first popped up on the on the ESPN thing, but um, it was awesome knowing everyone to come back to Clark Clear and for me and the seniors to get um, another couple games here at Clark Clear. What's the excitement level like right now for you guys? Uh, we're super excited. Um, it's not every year where we've been really fortunate where we've been able to host regionals and um, play games here at the postseason baseball, so it's it's an awesome feeling. Last year you played with basically a bum shoulder the whole postseason, so how good is it to go into this thing healthy and kind of feeling your best? Oh, it's awesome. I know um, coming into the regional last year, I literally couldn't lift my arm above my shoulder at some points, but uh, it's great. The whole team's healthy. Um, everyone's ready to go, so we'll be ready. That's Bryson Worrell again. He will be your starting center fielder for this weekend's Greenville Regional. The last player we caught up with was Carter Spivey, the Pirates' closer, relief pitcher, long-distance guy, whatever you want to call him. I mean, he's done it all this year. He's even started a game, maybe could start a game this postseason. He was actually named an All-American by Collegiate Baseball, which I don't like to recognize because I'm not a big fan of Collegiate Baseball's work, but still an awesome honor for Carter Spivey and probably just the first of many All-American honors for Carter. Uh, just a great story, a guy who you know struggled early in his career, stuck with it, stayed at ECU, and has really become – uh, a bona fide go-to guy out of the pen. We'll see where he factors in this weekend. We talked about that, kind of going into every game, knowing he has a chance to pitch, and what his mindset is going into the Greenville Regional. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the uh, All-America status. That's, that's a great view, isn't it? Yeah, I actually just found out about that. That's a uh, it's a really cool cool honor. I'm really appreciative uh, of people, of uh, guys around me helping me out. When you go into a weekend like this, you really don't know when you're going to pitch, do you? Uh, no, I'm just ready whenever my name's called, do whatever the team needs me to do. And that's kind of odd for an All-American like yourself, but that's pretty much how it's been the whole year. I mean, one guy goes out, if he gets the job done, he stays. If he doesn't, he comes out. Yeah, I think that's just like the, uh, I guess, the definition of our team. Uh, anybody's ready to go, guys picking each other up, doing their jobs, and helping us get wins. After playing, uh, you know, I guess familiar opponents for the past month, like how does the mindset or focus change when you play some random teams you haven't seen? Uh, not at all, really. I think if we just stay focused on what we do, uh, I think we'll be all right. And that's pretty much what we've done a good job of the past couple months is going out there playing our brand of baseball and not really worrying about the other team per se. What's well, kind of the feeling in the room right now? You guys seem to be buzzing out there today at practice. Yeah, I was really excited. Uh, it's like the, the night before Christmas. Um, I think I was really excited to play in front of the, uh, the home crowd uh, this weekend. When you're a pitcher pitching in this environment, like how do you use it to feed off of but not, you know, get, kind of get overexcited on the mound? Honestly, I uh, I try my best not to, to look up in the, the stands just because I feel like I'll get maybe a little too much adrenaline. Um, so I just kind of kind of keep my head down and just focus on doing my job throwing strikes. Is it one of those things if you get a big out to close inning, that's when you can kind of take it all in, I guess, in the atmosphere like this? Yeah, for sure. Let, let out a little bit of a, a little bit of emotion. Uh, just have some fun with it. That's Carter Spivey. And finally, we caught up with the head ball coach, Cliff Goblin. Again, has guided ECU to their fourth consecutive regional hosting bid, which is quite honestly amazing. Only Stanford and East Carolina have hosted each of the past four years, so elite company for ECU. And I, I do feel like he was pretty much at ease today. You know, in the past, you've seen some of these interviews, maybe I won't say Cliff Goblin was uptight, but maybe some of the players just not quite themselves. I got the feeling today the guys were locked in but also loose. Like I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of anxiety on the team um, today just being out of practice, so I think that's a good sign heading into the weekend because sometimes you can play tight as the host, and I just feel like that's not really the case right now. With ECU riding this big winning streak, this momentum. So we talked with Cliff Godwin. We got the news Josh Groves will be starting. You can also hear him picking on Troy Dreyfus from Pirate Radio 
as Troy uh, showed up with several media members, by the way, that usually are not there. But with it being a regional, you're going to have more media attention than usual. So uh, here's Cliff Godwin picking on Troy and also our entire conversation with the Pirates head coach ahead of the regional. Coach, you talk about you, practice day a little bit. I'm, I mean, just, happy, I'm just happy that Troy Dreyfus showed up today. You know, first time all year, so uh, that's my first of you it should be. Yeah. Uh, practice was great today. Uh, our guys have taken it business as usual, and that's been the neat thing about this team is over the past two months, well before the winning streak, your guys have just showed up very consistent with what they're trying to do. So it's been fun to be a part of. Throughout this streak, they've, they've all talked about it. It's just how we play baseball. We're not really not worried about the opponent. Kind of the same thing with Coppin State. Uh, I hope we do the same thing that we've been doing because that's what we need to do. We don't need to treat anything differently than what we've been doing. A lot of teams with the traditional three starters seem to get out of whack. If somebody gets rocked, they have to play a fourth game. Is y'all's untraditional pitching staff make you more ready for a regional, you think, than the average team? Yeah, because you guys can't say that we're throwing off in game one, so that makes it a lot more fun for me. Do you know who you will start tomorrow? Uh, Groves is going to start tomorrow. Yeah, obviously, he's been pitching well lately. Is it just a matter of you want him to continue to do the same thing? He's it's got a hot hand. So that's what we've done all year. We've rode the hot hand. So he's got a hot hand. We just want to go out there and pound the strike zone. He's done a good job of that. Cliff, you've been in this position before. You've had a lot of regional experience before. You've been through a lot of teams. What's the chemistry like on this team specifically versus other ones that you've coached? It's the best that we've ever had because uh, I would say they feel like I do. We're playing with house money. I mean, two months ago, nobody even thought we were going to make it to the postseason. So uh, I would say it's the least amount of pressure that any East Carolina team I've been a part on part of has had I talked to Bryson last year he went into this thing with basically a, a bum shoulder just how good do you think he's feeling now and you know obviously he's been swinging a hot bat but is he a guy that you guys can kind of lean on this postseason he feels a lot better I mean, I mean he wasn't taking BP uh last year this time so it's just uh very good to have him and Hoover I mean pretty much play the entire season both healthy I mean Hoover hasn't been healthy until this year and you know obviously his production has been outstanding Coach, uh, Kevin McMullen back at ECU here, familiar face in Virginia. What's it like to, to have him back here this weekend? Uh, Coach Mack's a mentor to me. Um, he came over to my house last night. We hung out and just caught up on old times and stuff. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be in the position I am today without Coach Mack. Uh, I didn't necessarily love him, especially my junior year, but we became really close my senior year, and then uh, we've kept that relationship really close-knit throughout my coaching career. Do you know if Coppin State has announced the start yet? They have not. I'm trying to get Malcolm to get on that. So, How much is all the experience that, that this program has had? You guys have, have started a regional, lost the first game, bounced back, won the regional. You guys have breezed through a regional. I mean, you've played in so many regionals. I mean, how does that experience all come together? Um, I, for me, it's just the most relaxed I've probably been that since I've been the head coach just because what I said. I mean, it's just been a fun group to be around. Um, it's uh, a great team. Uh, they're not any superstars, so nobody really cares who gets the credit on any given day. Just it's a different guy that helps us win every day. Do you have to, like, bring down the energy today? So, Or do they just kind of do that on their own? Like everybody said, they're really excited right now, feeling excited. For the well, I mean, they're super excited. I mean, you get to play in front of your home crowd. I mean, in front of 6,000 people, it's pretty cool. So, uh, no, nah, they've done a good job of just staying in the present moment. It's not coach speak. I'm not just telling you guys this. I mean, look, we wouldn't be where we are today if they didn't look ahead two months ago and they just focused on the day at hand. So um, as long as they keep doing that, we'll be in good shape. That's head coach Cliff Goblin, and that'll do it for our interviews and for our opening segment. On the other side, we will be joined by Ronnie Woodward. We'll talk about the Greenville Regional, make our predictions, picks, and more. You're listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back into the Hoist the Colors podcast. It's Stephen Igo. We are previewing the Greenville Regional, and to do that, I'm joined by my good friend and also former East Carolina beat writer. He is now working at East Carolina University. He is Ronnie Woodward. Ronnie, this is the first time we've had you on the podcast since you stepped away from uh, the Daily Reflector beat. How's it going? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. And... Uh... Yeah, it feels a little weird, but it's uh, it's been an interesting, interesting week being out of the sports media game. Um, luckily, I've been somewhat busy on campus the last few days, so I've uh, been distracted. But it's it's definitely been interesting not diving like fully into it. And uh, uh, usually, me and you are trying to map out road trips or like what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but that's not even a thing this year. It's a pretty pretty easy travel plan of staying in Greenville. So, uh, so yeah, it's different, but uh, it's kind of cool to, to see it from afar as well. Yeah, I'm not having to look into any early Nashville flights or uh, Lubbock flights, uh, which, by the way, would be super expensive these days. Uh, maybe Omaha down the line, but long way to go between now and then. And so, Ronnie, wanted to get you on, obviously, to talk about the the, the season, the regional itself. We're going to make some predictions as well. But first, uh, I think people listen to the Hoist of Colors podcast. They're going to follow ECU pretty closely. They know probably who you are. So, first, let's catch us up on uh, what you're doing now exactly on campus. You know, what led you to, to leave in the reflector to get out of the sports business as far as uh, doing that? And then what are you doing day to day now? Yeah, so I'm on campus. Uh, I'm actually I'm a communications specialist. I'm part of kind of the university uh, news services communications team. Uh, and I'm assigned to uh, College of Health and Human Performance and the, the main library on campus. So those are kind of my two areas of focus. A uh, little bit of sports involved in the health and human performance as far as athletic training and some of the sports labs and sports management. Um, Scooter Rogers actually is an HHP student, so I've seen him on campus, um, the voice of the, the Pirates. Um, so there's, there's some of that, which is neat. Um, but definitely way different from obviously what what I was doing, what me and you were doing basically for for years. And uh, yeah, as as you know very well as well, I was just kind of looking to uh, to get kind of on a regular schedule on a, a Monday through Friday situation and um, have a little little one at home. So just kind of get out of the sports weekends and nights lifestyle. Um, so that part's been awesome. That part's been really cool. Um, I think I've worked one Saturday since I started in October. <laughs> um, Jealous. Yeah, and, and no Sundays. So that's uh, that's been really neat. And, yeah, um, definitely a different thing. Um, and I don't pay attention to sports as much just naturally um, now. But, uh, um, yeah, it's just a different lifestyle that I'm enjoying and um, getting to – to have a regular schedule is the main that was the main motivation. That part's been been pretty pretty good for sure. Yeah, we were at Nathan Summers' wedding this past weekend, and uh, it's amazing yeah. how many people that worked at the Reflector were in sports media in general that are now out of sports media. Like it's a fun job, but man, it is a grind, and it's you know the hours aren't great. But you know, I, yeah, I I don't see myself leaving the industry anytime soon. But you never know, man. It's just like it is a true grind and there are other opportunities out there so i get it i'm happy for you uh first and foremost and i had to waste your time by getting you back on this podcast couldn't let you stay stay away too long uh do, do you yeah. do you miss it at all like at least for like big events like this like do you miss being out at the field and you know i always say like the relationships we create i'm sure that's probably what you, you miss the most yeah definitely i mean that's kind of what i was talking about earlier the uh i mean the football kind of is what it was and the, the trips were cool. I mean, you had some awesome stories of, of traveling and all that, but yeah, I mean, to me, the baseball part, the postseason baseball was always the most fun. And like you said, it, it's a grind, but it's also, 
there's a couple ways of looking at it. I mean, it, it was enjoyable. I mean, to, to me, like this week, like the build up to Friday was always a grind. It's just a lot of stress, but it's also neat because everybody's so into it. And then once the games actually start during the weekend, um, yeah, I mean, the, the baseball postseason, no doubt, was the most fun that, that I had on the beat, um, whether that's games here because there's just so much kind of hype and, and anticipation or that's traveling and we've had, you know, the – the road trips to Virginia was awesome. Obviously 2016, uh, even Lubbock was, we got really good food and, you know, I mean, Nashville was, was a good time. And that game last year, game one, that super regional, uh, still was the, the best game I've ever covered and most just tense moment. Um, like every pitch, every inning. So it's just different. Yeah. I mean, so certainly, yeah, this, this weekend, I'm actually going to be traveling and out of town, so I won't even have ESPN plus access Gonna be visiting some friends uh, that will be way different, you know, and I probably will miss it or probably will be on my phone a lot. Um, keeping up with, keeping up with it. And then, uh, yeah, if they win this weekend, I might have to, to get some tickets and find a way to, to be there for the super regionals. So yeah, the, the baseball postseason certainly is number one on the list as far as missing stuff. And like you said, it's the um, it's hanging out in the press box. It's, you know, catching crap from Cliff Godwin and joking with the players, you know, like that, that's the part um, that is really cool. And uh, yeah, that's the the part that I miss. Um, so there's positives and negatives for sure. But yeah, there's, there's a little bit that, that misses some of that. But yeah, when you're looking at rain delays and Sundays and all weekend and yeah, worrying about the travel and all that, there's certainly parts of that that, that I don't miss. But that's also kind of the fun of the drama and like intensity of it as well. So it's all kind of a mixed bag with it, I think. Right now, only rain in the forecast. I'll knock on wood uh, for Friday, and I think it's thirty or forty percent chance. We're recording this Thursday morning, and so we'll see how that plays out. About to head to the practice field after we get up, get done with this. Figure out who ECU is starting, and all that stuff. That's always a, a lot of fun, Ronnie. But uh. Hey, let's dive into th- this baseball team, just what you've seen from afar. Like, this season, I mean, we, we were texting earlier in the year, like, you know, not that it was a disaster, but, I mean, clearly things were not going the right way. We were like, you know, Cliff Goblin's not having a lot of fun. This team is not having a lot of fun. We were doing post-game interviews, and everybody just seemed miserable. And then all of a sudden it started to turn. I mean, uh, I think the American being down helped them, but they just – they've dominated the league. They got some key midweek wins, and they've just done it in – a very unorthodox way, not really any starting pitching. Just as you followed this thing, what has kind of stood out to you from afar as you look at this uh, this 2022 ECU baseball team? Yeah, it's been crazy. And I think you look at um, – the, I think the LeClaire, the, the, the LeClaire weekend was a huge turning point uh, sweeping that thing um, with Maryland, uh, Michigan. Who was the third team in there? Indiana State. Oh, yeah, Indiana State. Um, so, I think that was big. And now when you look at the RPI side of that, specifically with with Maryland, definitely, and with Michigan, I think that helped, um, you know, just that non-conference part. Because, yeah, I mean, it obviously it got off to a rough start. And I think, you know, Cliff Godwin kept saying it in postgame, just getting to league play and keep grinding it out. And me and you talked some. I mean, just find a way to get to the league. And they were still the best team in the league. I think even, you know – the first couple weekends you saw it and then they just ran with it. I mean, it, you know, obviously yet yeah, the league was down. It's a one bid league. Uh, I mean, you look at four or five years ago, there was points where there was three, four or five teams in the league making the NCAA. So um, ECU being the only team, I think that was, they might not have said it publicly, but that had to have been probably the mind tip. Just, just find a way to get to the conference part um, and then do your thing and then try and make it in. And, making it in ended up being the, the number eight seed, um, which is pretty wild. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a credit to them. You know, I mean, they, they played a lot of teams in the league that they were better than and should beat, and they won so many of them, you know, and won so many in a row, obviously, where they won all of them if you look at just the winning streak. And that's hard to do no matter what the competition's like. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's pretty remarkable, pretty, pretty crazy story. I mean, if you look at the talent, there's nobody throwing 100 miles per hour the way Gavin Williams was, and and Norby led the country in 
um, hits last year. And you look at a couple years ago, a guy like Burleson, Packard, you know, I, I don't know if there's that top end. You look at some of those guys with the door in the minor, certainly Burleson, um, Gavin Williams. I don't know if there's that on this team, or at least not spread the way out, you know, it was some of these last few teams, but this is the team that gets a national seed. So it's, uh, I don't want to say hard to believe, but it's just been a, a crazy ride, I guess. And they're just riding this momentum, almost like 2016, that ironically didn't start until they got to Charlottesville um, and rode that almost to Omaha. Well, this team's kind of riding the end of the regular season. And I think you're just trying to see how long it kind of lasts. And that's that's the big the big question, I guess, is when you get in the postseason, how is this going to look? How is this going to work? Because it's certainly doing some things that are, are non-traditional and you don't have maybe those huge superstars that you had, the names I mentioned, you know, from the last three or four years. Yeah, it's just, you know, we've always said – there's two things that have kind of been always said. Like, one, the team that makes Omaha first for ECU will be kind of an unexpected team. And two – ECU had to probably host a super regional to get there, and like somehow this team could be could fit first, uh, could fit both of those categories. Again, huge weekend. I mean, they got to get through this regional. Which Ronnie, I think, just looking at this field, at least the two and three, I think this is the toughest regional draw for a home regional ECU's ever had. I do think, you know, with Coppin State, they get a, a you know, RPI wise, the worst team in the field as the four seed, which I think is significant, but. You're facing two defending champions as far as in the past decade that have won national championships, Virginia and Coastal Carolina. Um, this is a, a tough regional and certainly no guarantee at all. In fact, Virginia is favored to win the regional, according to Vegas. So uh, when you just look at this regional field, your initial thoughts on it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is super balanced. The main thing, trying to look here online as well, I mean, not to get too ahead, because I'm with you. I think they got to find a way to grind and, and and battle through this weekend and just survive this weekend. But the path from Greenville to Omaha is one thing, and then the second part is no SEC team along that path. It's I mean this is the you know I think this is a tough draw, but this is also the best draw they've ever had, just in terms of that. Um, mainly that they don't have to travel or leave or go anywhere. But, I mean, you look at the last time they hosted a Super in 01, you had Tennessee. Um, 04, you went to South Carolina, both SEC teams. Um, last year it was at Vanderbilt. Uh, 18, when they hosted here, which I think is a similar field to this, South Carolina was here and they won. You had UNCW, which I think is similar to a Coastal. I think South Carolina was the best team in that regional in 18. So, there's always been that SEC, not every single time, but a lot of times there's been that SEC hurdle to get over along the way. And this time you you don't have it. And that's not a disrespect, I guess, to Texas or Virginia um, or even Coastal, or, you know, Louisiana. I've seen some people pick Louisiana Tech to win the, the Texas regional. Um, I mean, imagine a Louisiana Tech, that ECU super regional, um, would would be the draw of, of all draws. I hate to jinx that, but, you know, print the shirts. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it's just surviving this weekend. Um, you know, I think you can make the case probably for Coastal to win. If they have the best starting pitching the way it maybe looks like, that obviously is really valuable. You know, you can make the case for Virginia to win. They certainly – are in the best league and and probably have the best talent. And then you can make the case for ECU to win at home is huge, obviously. And, um, you know, this, this big winning streak. And again, I think the home factor is the big thing ECU has going is playing at home, having that advantage, and then um, just keeping the momentum going They had the most momentum of these three teams. So, yeah, I think you can make the case for any of the three, which makes it really balanced. And there's probably a lot of regionals where you can't make the case that all three of the top three seeds could win. So I do think Coastal Carolina is a little bit of a wild card. Um, I don't think Maryland was great last year. You know, I don't know where Charlotte was. You know, so it's definitely I think the two and threes are better this year compared to what was in Greenville last year. And, um, yeah, I think that first day – that that Virginia coastal game is one worth watching. Um, I think that think the, the whole thing's going to be pretty low scoring if I had to guess and uh, whoever kind of pitches and plays defense the best 
finds a way to to get through. But I think it is going to be a battle for all three of those teams. Yeah, if I if I'm an odds maker, I guess I'm a little concerned. Like UVA, the favorite, but they, I mean they could easily lose that first game, the Coastal, and then you're asking them to what win four consecutive games, which is just tough to do. Like their pitching is not great. Now they do have a bevy of left-handed arms, which concerns me if I'm ECU because that lineup's very lefty heavy. Coastal's ace, the Sun Belt Pitcher of the Year, he's a lefty. You would assume he starts versus Virginia, so that would at least get him out of the way. I think if you're ECU, you want Coastal to win the first game. Um, you know, I think it. Now, I don't think Coastal at all is a, a slam dunk to knock off in the winners bracket game, but I just think they're a more favorable matchup rather than than facing Virginia. But we'll see. I, I do think that two versus three game is is one of the most intriguing in college baseball this weekend. Um, and then if you're ECU, the Coppin State game, again, we don't have a starter at this point, but I, I doubt ECU will throw Mayhew, at least starting him. If I'm the Pirates, my goal is to get to Saturday, ideally with Mayhew, Spivey, and Sailor fresh, and then just take your shot at winning that game. Because, Ronnie, as we've talked, every regional we cover, the, the de facto championship game is that Saturday game. You know, barring something crazy, like ECU losing to Quinnipiac and storming through the loser's bracket. But really, the NC State game was that championship game. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's almost like Saturday is the championship game. So, that, how would you, I guess, play it if you're ECU? Do um, you just try and get to that day with your, your best three arms healthy? Yeah, I think that what you said makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, I think, I mean, going 2-0 and is just always the key. Because, yeah, I mean, the ECU did it at home in 19 but you're right that I think the kicker of 19 was that NC state lost two. So you still had the same matchup you had, they saved Jack Agnes for NC state quote unquote in the winner's bracket. It just ended up being a loser's bracket game. And once they won that, you know, you use your ACE to beat NC state and then you figured out the rest. Um, and you were left with Quinnipiac out of gas. Campbell had no pitching and they were able to fight through it. But that was a, yeah, pretty rare and unique. I think even probably Cliff Godwin and Jake Agnos and Burleson, those guys would, would say the same now. It's hard to win one of those first or, or lose one of those first two games and fight your way back through. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I think the you got to get to Saturday. And, and that's the advantage of hosting. Again, that's why I think ECU has a, a shot to win this thing because you get to play the four seed on the first day. Um, and you can avoid using your ace, and you get to play early in the day, get your win out of the way, and then rest, you know, and see where your arms are at for that second game. But, yeah, I think the Saturday winner's bracket, I think especially in this situation where they're, I think they are pretty even, whoever starts out 2-0, and going to be really tough to, to get knocked off at that point or not win it. You know, and again, I mean, Coastal has maybe the best – weekend rotation i mean they could they could go three and oh you know they could go two and oh and still have a, a third legitimate sunday starting pitcher for the championship game um and i think ecu that's got to be their path as well um because they probably don't have that depth of starting pitching but they have some bullpen guys and i've seen different that you know ways to do it but if you get to two and oh um you're gonna have more bullpen depth for sure at that point than anybody else coming back through so uh yeah, as far as the prediction, obviously we'll probably make that at some point. Um, but I, I think regardless of who the team is, I think whoever starts 2-0 and and gets to that championship round first, I think wins it. You know, so that's – yeah, that's the key. There's no doubt. It's always that that second game on Saturday is such a, a big moment. Um, and it was a way, it was that way last year. I mean, Charlotte and ECU um, – and then Charlotte was winning the game and ECU had to come back. And uh, that thing was done. As soon as they won that game, it was it was over. You know, there was no question. Let's uh, let's do some picks, Ronnie. We'll, we'll make some predictions here in a moment. Let's start first with our, our most important uh, ECU position player that has to perform well this weekend and pitcher. We'll start with position player. Um, when you kind of look at this team, is there a guy that you you see has to have a good weekend uh, for the Pirates to win this regional? Um, it's a good question. I think I'll go kind of tailoring off last year. Some maybe I think I'll go Bryson Worrell. Um, because again, this is, it's a totally different thing, man. I mean, we know it, 
you know, fans know it and see it. It's just a, you have all the ESPN factors and the in-game interviews. And there's so many fans. I mean, it's it's a totally different deal from playing a league weekend game or a random Tuesday against Old Dominion or something. It's it's so just so different. Um, so there's some guys that I think just can't handle that, or you know, they get a little starstruck or whatever. But there's moments of your you know, your best player's got to be your best players. It's that simple. You know, you know, you think of – we can go back through the years. I mean, you you know, Devin Harris making that catch, Bryson Morrill making that catch last year. I mean, you kind of need guys to just rise to the occasion. I think the Bryson's older. He's done it. He did it last year. He was hurt like a hurt shoulder. Or he's out there, you know, had a huge hit against Charlotte, had the catch at the wall. Um he's not going to have those freak out moments and maybe a younger player would. And they have some younger players on this team um, who obviously are important. It's not that they can't do it. It's just, they maybe haven't seen it or haven't done it before. Um, so I'll go Bryson with that experience and that kind of big game pedigree he has. Uh, he's, you know, I think back of, of guys like Packard uh, when he was doing, you know, dealing with the back and dealing with the same thing and he was gutting it out and, and Burleson, making some of the throw, you know, throw he had in the outfield that time. And you kind of, you, you know, you need your studs to, to be that during these moments. And I think Bryson's emerged the second half of the year as that guy. Um, I think he needs to be that guy, you know, to carry them at times this weekend. Yeah. He's been a, a beast the second half of the season. Um, I, I tell you the guy who I feel like has been somewhat overlooked, who's just been red hot has been Zach Agnos. I feel like in him hitting in the leadoff spot, I think his average is up like 320 now. I think he since he's gotten hot, it's kind of added a different different dimension dimension to this offense in that he's always on base, always putting pressure on opposing teams. And, and when he's on base, it makes Lane Hoover that much more difficult to pitch to because he's always up there fake buttons, slash, slashing, doing all that mess. So I think Agnos – and he's played a really good shortstop since moving there from Giles, uh, moving to the rotation. I'm going to go with Zach Agnos. I think him and Worrell have both um, really kind of solidified this lineup, and I think that needs to continue uh, into the postseason. All right, pitcher, I mean, gosh, you could go a million different ways here, Ronnie, because they use a million different pitchers. Uh, is there a guy outside of, you know, you can go with one of the obvious names, but a guy that just has to have a good weekend on the mound for, for the Pirates to win this regional? Uh, I'm going to stick with the same theme. I, I wanted to go Mayhew because I think you're right. If they, if they try to go Mayhew start the second game, I think they try and ride him, um, you know, to win it. But not knowing exactly what the rotation would be like, I'll go Cooch Maynard for those maybe same reasons that he's been around. He's coming off the injury. He looked pretty good in Clearwater. Um, and he was kind of hitting the stride before getting hurt. Uh, but he is a guy, again, who's been around forever and, and pitched in so many big moments. And he might start the opener, and he might start the championship game, or he might come in relief during that Saturday game, like we talked about the importance of, of that one. Or, or, you know, I see him pitching in a big moment somewhere along the way, even if it's not an extended outing, um, if he, he can't go, but maybe so long because of coming back from the injury. I think he is comfortable – in that situation and Cliff Godwin's comfortable putting him in the, that situation again it wouldn't surprise me if he started one of the championship games or, or started the opener or pitched in relief in one of the first couple of days in a big moment so um I'll go with him as a little wild card especially if ECU does drop a game along the way they're gonna have to find some some starters somewhere whether that's Kuchman or, or Ryder Giles or even Agnos or you know somebody you got to piece it together if you do drop a game somewhere so um I'll go with my guy, Cooch, to um, step up maybe in a, a time of need when they need it. Yeah, uh, it's a good pick there. I mean, because I feel like, like you said, there's a, it's hard to envision them winning the regional without him pitching somewhere. You know, three, yeah. over three games, like, you're going to need him. And you would think it would be a big spot just due to his experience. Um, so, I like that pick. Yeah, I'm going to go the obvious one. I am going to go Carter Spivey. I just feel like – if they get into that Saturday game, he he may not start. They may go Mayhew or whoever start. But the first sign of trouble, I feel like they'll go Spivey. And they'll probably ride him as long as he goes. And, and I feel like needing to go 2-0, and you need your conference pitcher of the year. And it's crazy we're talking about this because Spivey is just 
he's been so up and down throughout his career, and this year he's been so good. Um, the development of his cutter-slider combo has just been clutch, and it's, it's crazy the year he's had, but that's why it's always cool to see these guys stick in the program and develop. But I'm going to go Spivey. I just think he's going to have to be at his best for ECU to win this regional because he'll pitch in probably the most important game. So there's our most important position and pitcher players to watch. Now it's prediction time, Ronnie, as we wrap this thing up. Do you have a prediction on who wins the regional and also do you do you, do you want to say the runner-up or how ECU maybe gets to it if it is ECU or if it's Coastal or Virginia? How do you see this weekend unfolding? I think um, I'm getting suckered into the Coastal thing. I think the more listen to like Aaron Fit and stuff about the uh, – and read, you know, some of you about the – the starting pitching that they have because I think starting pitching is so huge this weekend more than than next it's how much starters can you have and how much depth can you have on the mound to survive a regional um so I'll go ECU and Coastal in the final and I'll pick ECU you know again I'm obviously on campus here so it makes a lot of sense and uh yeah but I, I think the the crowd needs to be a factor. I think playing at home needs to be a factor. Not that the crowd can like win you a game, but just the the comfort of the stadium and obviously the fans being a factor. But I think, yeah, ECU finds a way. Um, and the ACC kind of had its moment in March in hoops. You had Duke and UNC both made the Final Four. It was like this huge game. So I'll I'll fade Virginia and say the Coastal finds a way. And uh, ECU gets to where there as well, and ECU takes uh, takes out Coastal in the championship. Um, I think it's gonna be a heck of a, a weekend. So I'll go with I'll go with that. I will say right now, I think if ECU makes it to Super Regional weekend and they're hosting at home, they will not lose. I, I don't if it's Texas, whoever. I just think they're gonna find a way to win that if they're playing in the Super Regional. It's just a matter of can they get through this weekend and get to that point and. You know, diving into these teams, man, like Coastal and Virginia are very good. Like, ECU has not played this caliber of competition since probably early in the season. Um, So, you know, that concerns me a little bit. I do feel like getting Coppin State as the four, again, no disrespect to Coppin State, I think that's a break for ECU. They should be able to kind of manage that game and save their best for Saturday. My path is like this. It's a little unorthodox, but I have – ECU beating Coppin State, Coastal beating Virginia, and then ECU beating Coastal in the winner's bracket game. But I have Virginia coming out of the loser's bracket eliminating Coastal because I have the Coastal starter starting pitcher, some belt pitcher there. I think he'll beat Virginia game one, and then Virginia will come back and, and get revenge. And then I have ECU winning over Virginia either Sunday night or Monday. Honestly, I could see it going into Monday, which wouldn't be an ideal case for ECU, but with them having so many bullpen arms, conceivably, let's say they use Spivey, Sailor, Mayhew, Saturday, maybe you give them Sunday off and bring them back Monday, and then you can win it in a second championship game. But we'll see. I mean, it's just these things are impossible to predict. I do think ECU will find a way to win the regional. I don't think it'll be easy at all. Last year, not that it was easy because they had to come back to beat Charlotte. Their first game was tough, but 3-0. and I mean, I just don't know if that's in the cards with this field. But I do think the Pirates find a way, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm excited, Ronnie, for – you know, we haven't seen Coastal and ECU playing baseball in over a decade, which is hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah, one other thing, too, Stephen, you know how I am with theories on this and how much I hate conference tournaments in all sports. Uh Coastal went 0-1 in his conference tournament, which is a huge advantage, I think. Virginia also went 0-2. Um, I, I just, yeah, basketball, baseball, I think the conference tournaments, you can waste so much energy and time and effort riding all the way through it. And you see, I mean, ECU's done it. You look at the history of when they've struggled in the conference tournament, then they've made a, a postseason run to, you know, there's – there's a lot of history in a lot of sports of teams that do that. So I think that is a little scary that Coastal and Virginia had some extra time to rest and regroup, and they didn't run through their conference tournament, wasting arms and that type of thing. Um, so, you, yeah, again, I think it's I think it's going to be a grind. 
against either one of those teams. Um, but I'll roll with the home crowd, them being in Greenville. Uh, they find a way to do it. But uh, I, I do think it's it's a, it's a tough field. Ronnie Woodward now with East Carolina University, former beat writer for the Daily Reflector. Ronnie, this was a blast, man. I appreciate you uh, taking some time to, to go down memory lane and talking sports again. Hopefully it was a good enough fix for a while. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and no, I appreciate it. It was uh, it was fun. So enjoy the, the games this weekend. Maybe I will we'll see you out at the stadium next weekend is the hope. Let's hope so. That is Ronnie Woodward. I am Stephen Igo. That'll do it for the Hoist of Colors podcast. We'll be back with you guys after the conclusion of the Greenville Regional. Now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.